Hello, I'm Keith, and this is my dad, Kerwin. Welcome back to Father and Son, a Star Wars podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our guest on this episode is Yoshi Vu, a visual effects artist and a 3D generalist who has done work on the series The Walking Dead, The Orville, MacGyver, and The Mandalorian, and has also done a major Star Wars film, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. We'll talk about Yoshi's introduction to Star Wars, his desire to work in special effects, and the subject of deepfake, how it's currently used in Star Wars and how it might be used in the future. Yoshi, welcome to Father and Son, a Star Wars podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure right. to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you. So uh, you were introduced to Star Wars through the Muppet Babies, right? That's correct. So uh, tell us a little bit about how you first found out about that show. So um, I don't know. You're probably not very familiar with Muppet Babies as I knew it growing up uh, it was a cartoon series but the uh, the intro had snippets from other properties including star wars and i think there was an indiana jones shot and that was my first introduction to a lot of those you know not knowing what it was it was my father who told me that's star wars and immediately my first thought was okay well what is this i need to see this and you know so we went down to the local video store if you will and rented it out at a video store inside of a grocery store, which was common when I was young. Yeah, I I didn't know the Muppet Babies started so far back in the 80s. Um, yeah, so we, we were looking at YouTube and we're looking at a particular YouTube video of that episode that you're referring to where the, the babies are watching Star Wars. I don't think that's available anywhere else except on YouTube Indeed, because yeah. the, the I know Disney revitalized the Muppet Babies, but yeah, those are brand revamped. new episodes. They revamped it. So those are brand new episodes. So. Yeah, they don't have the old ones. Yeah. They so, should, though. Yeah. I yeah, honestly didn't know Muppet Babies started back in the early 80s. Your title, uh, 3D Generalist, um, <laughs> can you tell us what a 3D generalist, generalist does? Um, I guess the simplest answer would be a problem solver <laughs> in the sense that because our skill sets are generally pretty varied, um, we do you know 3D modeling. A lot of us understand compositing, lighting, and at least to some at least to some extent, we understand almost every step of the process. And because of that, we're usually the one-stop shop department. And it helps when you, you're trying to have a singular vision, so there's not too many cooks in the kitchen, as they say. And if something goes wrong, I don't have to send it back to the to the you know the environment department or the texture department or whatever other department it is, I, I can, I can handle it all on my own or, you know, with my team or the other generalists can handle their shots on their own. So it, it, it it's kind of varied what we do. Uh, for example, one of the other generalists that I was working with a good friend of mine, he was assigned to do uh, the heads up display for the millennium Falcon, which is a 2d display within a 3d, within a, a monitor. So that was his task. And another guy might be doing, you know, oh, you're tasked with doing ice, uh, making this ice tunnel, you know? So it, it, it does vary 
uh, a lot, but that's the fun of being a generalist is getting to try your hands at different things. And in order to be a generalist, I think it's, it's, it's more or less understood that if you can't solve a problem or you don't know a specific technique, you're going to find out how. And that's just kind of, I guess it's like being a mechanic, a general mechanic. It's like, oh, can you fix the car? Well, I don't, haven't dealt with that specific problem, but I'm confident that I can, I can resolve it and come to a conclusion. And that, that's kind of a, I know that's kind of a long-winded answer, but it is kind of a long-winded job, I guess you could say. Okay, so when did you decide to become a visual effects artist? Uh, that was fairly earlier. Um, I, I, although I'd like to say it started with Star Wars, it, it really wasn't. Uh, it was um, Jurassic Park, Terminator 2, uh, some of those movies that kind of started that fire. And it was um, actually a few YouTube shows that got me to just make the leap and say, hey, this is, this is what I want to do. Um, seeing one of my friends go on and work on Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic video game was something that clicked in me saying, hey, you know, we, we went to the same school. I grew up together with this guy. We were good friends. If we're both artists, if he can do it, I can do it. That that kind of thing. You know what? Let's 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 go out and get it. You know, I'm sort of interested in visual effects myself. I'm not really sure how you're supposed to do it, but I want to try it. That's how it starts. You just uh, uh, they say necessity is uh, the greatest. Um, what is it? The greatest father of innovation or, or i i'm probably butchering that saying but <laughs> yeah. long story short i'm sorry i've tried blender before and i oh yeah blender, blender. i also make a lot of stop motion movies with the uh stop that's, good. that's that's kind of how most app. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's great that, that's how most most uh most of us started i started with stop motion on my own you know just whatever you could get your hands on and especially nowadays you have you know these phones are much better than some of the cameras they had back then so you can do so much with it and it's it's uh the necessity within yourself to say hey i want to do this type of shot how do i do it and that starts you down the rabbit hole of going on the internet searching you know youtube tutorials okay what software do i need how do i go about this and it's like playing a video game right i want to open this dungeon door how do i do that now you got to go look for the key, save the, the person, whatever it may be, you know, and it, it's just kind of how the way I, I look at it. It's just, it's a puzzle to be solved. Um, go ahead. Have you ever used Dutch angles like in stop motion? In stop motion, I have not. I, I can't say I have. So go for it. <laughs> You're going to be a pioneer. <laughs> yeah, I actually have used that. Sometimes. Can you tell us what that is? You know, well, Dutch angles are like when the camera is slanted a bit. Mm -hmm. So it's like, mm -hmm. I have a photo of it mm -hmm. somewhere in the, somewhere in the deep, 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 deep tapes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Maybe we can add that. Yeah, my yeah. stop motion mess, but I'll find it. archive somewhere. Yeah. yeah. I keep all of my stuff in, in the files. I keep backup copies. Oh, good. Uh, there's a lot of stuff from my younger days that I wish I would have kept, and I have no idea where they are. Hmm. And Yoshi, where did you learn to become a visual effects artist? Where did you go to school? Uh, I originally went to the Art Institute. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> I did not make it through. Um, I was dealing with some issues at the time. I ended up leaving the middle school to join the military. I'm sure if you remember back then, you know, after 9-11 happened, there was a lot going on. So 
Yeah. Uh, I didn't join till later, many years after that, but I decided to join the military and left. When I came back, I attended a different school, um, a school called Platt College. It was a smaller school, but honestly, it was more just so I could finish out the last, you know, the last portion of my credits and get my degree. Um, but honestly, as long as you can find education somewhere, I don't think it's extremely important. Um, there's no need to go find, you know, the most prestigious school of this and that, because for me, I didn't go to that famous of a school, but it's all about how big your desire is, not how big your school is, how big your heart and your desire to accomplish what you want is. And, you know, I mean, what, what more to teach you that than Star Wars, right? Mm. And then when you say the Art Institute, what, what city? Because I, I think they have uh, major branches. And... Yeah, there, there's multiple locations. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they are now, but the one I went to was in Orange County, California. California, okay. So, yeah, I did go out here. Um, there are now, in my opinion, a lot of resources online. You know, YouTube, the school of YouTube, you can find out how to do almost anything on there from changing a tire to, you know, electrical engineering. It's just, you can find almost anything on there. So as long as you have the passion, you'll find it. And tell us the story of how you got hired with Lucasfilm. How long did it take? And um, why did you want to work for Lucasfilm? You know, being a big fan of Star Wars, that was obviously the goal. It was uh, I, not specifically I want to work at Lucasfilm, but I want to work on Star Wars. You know, and, it, and I think the fire was one of the partially reignited with us when the prequel trilogy came out. That's when it's like, oh, there's actually going to be new movies like this. There's, there's still a chance. And so, you know, that, that, that drive came back in, it kicked back in. And, um, well, it was a long journey. I got turned down for episode seven. I got turned down for, uh, episode eight, you know, and it's finally, I finally got the call for episode nine. It was like, all right, you know, it's the last of the Skywalker saga. And when I was assigned the death star shot, you know, that's one of those moments where, well, I've come full circle, you know, what I, I couldn't have asked for a better, um, a better assignment than that as my first assignment, you know, so it's, it's, it's hard to put into words. Wow. And then how were you assigned the, the Death Star? So I think that from my understanding, the supervisor knew how big of a fan I was, you know, I have Star Wars tattoo. I'm wearing a Star Wars shirt now, Tuscan gym, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, yeah, they knew how big of a fan I was. So it's it that is part of, I would assume, part of the equation when they try to assign tasks like, oh, this 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 guy or this girl or you know this artist, this, whoever it is, they they're very very much a fan and they're going to treat it with respect. And so obviously for me, it's like, oh, yeah, of course you need a Tie Fighter in there. Of course you need these things. Of course you need the you know the the beam where Obi Wan turned down the you know the, the force fields and all that good stuff. Um, so the tractor beam. So for me, all of that makes sense. And obviously it wasn't just me. It's a team. It was, it was, it was a team of people. Um, Yay Cow helped me a lot with the shot. I just wanted to, you know, give credit where credit was due. So it, it was just given to me as, I guess, un an understanding that, hey, this guy's a huge fan and he's, we're, we're not going to have to babysit him in little details. Because, you know, of, of course it stands without question that there are going to be people that are not as big fans of different properties. It's just statistically impossible. So there are some times where somebody might come to me or my friend, David, who was the other like in-house star Wars fanatic that they would come to us and we would take a quick peek at what they're doing. Say, oh, you know, that tie fighter is actually not accurate for that time era. 
that's a sequel trilogy TIE fighter and this is supposed to be the Death Star from the original trilogy takes place, you know, blah, 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 BBY, you know, all that good stuff. We start getting real geeky with it. So, so, you know, it does kind of, I'm sure as you see, sometimes it does kind of hurt when you read online, people criticize and when they don't like it, they go, oh, it's because the people working on it aren't fans. And that, that, that one stings, you know, it's like, yeah, yes, I am. Mm. <laughs> so, sorry, I tend to rant a bit. No, that's fine. That's no, fine. That, that's good. It, it helps with the content. <laughs> oh, this guy's got a pioneer here. <laughs> he, I, he is. Yes. But I was going to say I can actually tell the difference between the between which are a stormtrooper or which are a tie fighter, because absolutely the main difference is the tie fighters of the sequel. That's it. Yes, the sequel trilogy look different. They look more sleek, more modernized, and those old ones. Yeah. Boxy, maybe the old ones. Yes, the old one looks mm-hmm. like bo- the old ones look like boxes with mm-hmm. little cardboard flaps stuck to the sides. Mm-hmm. But you see the advancement between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy. Yes, yes, that's that's my point. Absolutely, got uh, it. A bunch of people that grew up watching the original now working on the the new ones, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I was going to ask uh, next. Yes. <laughs> He is the future, you know? Yes. <laughs> Back to the future. Let's talk about deep fake. Can you explain what deep fake is and how it works? It's it's to explain it in the simplest way as I understand it, it's it's basically machine learning. It's not a hundred percent. A lot of people think you just, you know, feed in the video and the picture footage and they'll spit out what you want, kind of like some of those apps, but it doesn't quite work that way. Um, there is a lot of finesse and fine tuning on the artist side. It's it's the closest thing I could uh, equate it to physically. It's like it's like making a mold of something, and uh, someone else is making the mold and they give you out a little you know resin whatever. It's not cleaned up. It's not smoothed out. You still got to cut it and work with it to get it to something usable. And that that's kind of how it is. And from my understanding, it's I don't think a lot of major studios use too much deep fake just because of the fact that you are uploading data to the cloud. And I would assume if you're working on a, a property that you're keeping close internally, you, you wouldn't want to upload stuff to the cloud, you know, just uh, for, for non-disclosure reasons, you know, you don't want it out there. Uh, although, like I said, I didn't work on those shots, so I'm not sure. Uh, I do think it's a viable technology. Um, I, I think it's usable and I, it, it's, it's another tool to put in the tool belt. You know, it, it's not, it's always, people are always going, oh, this, this is the next big thing or that's the next big thing. And for me, it's just, it's another tool to put in our tool belt that we can have it at our disposal when we need, kind of like Batman's shark repellent, you know? I've never used well, no, you probably haven't seen the Batman movie from years ago. He had a shark. I get that joke, Yoshi. <laughs> yeah, I get that one. Yeah. The name Deep Fake, is there an official name for it in uh, at Lucasfilm? Um, like I yeah, said, not that what they I'm call aware. it. Yeah. Uh, not that I'm aware of. We just call it Deep Fake. You know, it's, it's, I don't know much more about it than most people, like I said, because I, I don't use it personally. Um, it, it is one of those things where I, if you've seen the videos, it tends to work better if the person already kind of looks like it and, you know, their facial structure is similar. 
because it's not a one-to-one transition. They're, they're basically, they're just kind of like fitting in the eyes and nose and mouth where they go. So it, it is very helpful to have someone that is at, as close as possible, which is why it, it it's a little disappointing for me you know, when I see people say, oh, we improved, we fixed the effects for this movie. And someone posts a YouTube video where they deep faked. For example, um, someone did The Rock from The Mummy Returns. There was a CG rock, uh, Scorpion King. But, you know, that was, what, 20 years ago? And so the fact that the CG face already was trying to be in the shape of the rock's face, deep faking that is, is, is much, much simpler. So I do think that combining technologies is, is kind of the route to go in the future if they choose to adopt this as a, as a method. And I, I do see it as viable, like I said, but there, it also opens up a whole different can of worms with, um, for example, actors that have passed and, and you know, getting their estates paid and there's all kinds of little nuances with that. So it's, 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 it's one of those new frontiers, I guess, that we have to explore to see where it takes us. Well, just so our listeners and, and viewers understand or know what deepfake or how it was worked in, in Star Wars. So deepfake was used to bring back Luke Skywalker in his prime mm-hmm. uh, at the end of season two, the season finale of The Mandalorian. Spoilers. Yes, this is spoilers if you have not seen the season finale of uh, season two. We probably should have said this before. No, that's fine. That's fine. I'm, that's, I'm sure they figured it out. If they're listening, yeah, I, they all, all may have already seen that episode. Ever episode we've done so spoilers. we know that The Mandalorian is taking place uh, six years after Return of the Jedi. So Luke Skywalker is in his prime, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, when viewers see Luke return, um, there were mixed reviews. You know, obviously, you know, this is a younger Luke, you know, it's, it's not the current Mark Hamill, it's a younger Luke Skywalker. He returns and there was some um, mixed reviews of, of how he looked and maybe people thought that the deep fake did not quite look like Mark Hamill. There's lots of controversy about it. But a YouTuber named Shamook created a video and showed a split screen of the original deep fake from the season finale and their deep fate of Luke. So that that person, Shamook, actually did such a great job and it, and it looks so realistic that Lucasfilm offered Shamook a job. Right. And it, it goes it goes to what I was saying was I think like if you can get close enough, whether with a person or CG face, the deep fake can take it that last step of the way. And it, I would assume, hopefully, and if, if you know if that's what they use for the second season, I would assume they figured out some way around not, you know, they, it's a large company. I'm sure they have the uh, the resources to to do it if they wanted to without uploading to some kind of cloud. Maybe they have an internal cloud. So I'm glad if that's what they're doing. I'm glad it looks good. So I'm glad it's working. Mm-hmm. Well, that brings us to this question. Right? So what did the YouTuber do differently to get a better result? Uh, that's like what I was saying is they're not starting from scratch it's it's like you know you're you're working off of someone else's <coughs> already took it you know x percent of the way there because if you look at some of the other deep fakes online you know if the face isn't quite right it, it doesn't always work the the best way is to find someone with a similar facial structure and it is a lot of work and it's it's something that wasn't normally part of the pipeline so it does have to be integrated into the pipeline and like i said this is all for me speculative as I'm not an employee and any longer of Lucasfilm. This is just my speaking as a fan and artist. Sure. Uh, speculation. But, you know, I, I think, 
like I said, you saw it. I mean, it looks good. I think it, it, it looks good what they ended up with. And with the, as far as Shamook, I'm not familiar with the artist. Um, I know there was a press out that, that this artist was hired and brought onto the team, but I, I have no idea who it is. And, you know, like I, I never spoke to the person, so I, 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 I don't, I can't elaborate on it. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I knew, but the best answer I can give is that, you know, they didn't start from scratch. They could only go upwards from what you saw. Right. Right. And, you know, the, the team that did it, they probably got as close as they could within their time frame or whatever it was. And so when you have a YouTuber who now has their own time to add on to it, mm-hmm. it makes you wonder like, oh, if they had more time, what would they have done? So it's, it's, it's one of those, I don't think it's, it's comparing, oh, which one is better? It's like, oh, this first team took it this far and another artist added on to it. I see. Which would explain why there's such a big improvement between seeing Luke Skywalker at the end of season two in The Mandalorian and then seeing him in episode six of The Book of Boba Fett. There's a big difference. So uh, it must have been that they took the lessons learned from the first time they used deep fake and then added on to, you know, maybe what Shamook, this YouTuber, brought his his talents brought to, yeah. to Lucasfilm. In addition to maybe there are other things that they decided to use. I, I do think it is kind of a, I don't want to say misleading, but it's, it's a little confusing for some people when they say, oh, it's a YouTuber that got hired. Although from my understanding, it's a visual effects artist that also has a YouTube channel, which to me is kind of, kind of a difference. Yeah, it's kind of a big difference. <laughs> so um, uh, unless he's just an amazing, you know, <laughs> Uh, amazing non-professional artist, which which does happen. But from my understanding, uh, this this individual, which is why they don't use their real name, is an actual high-level visual effects artist. From my understanding, I which see. is why I don't think we really figured out who it was. I don't think they would have revealed themselves in the studio like like that. Like, hey, I'm a YouTuber too. Maybe I, I don't know. This it's all speculation on my part. <laughs> no, and that's that's quite understandable. Okay, so. Let's talk about the voice part. So was Mark Hamill's voice altered so that he would sound younger like he did in Return of the Jedi? You know what? I'm not sure. Um, but maybe I'm too big of a Mark Hamill fan, but I had I have confidence that he could do the voice without being altered because I, I've seen him on talk shows basically referencing the original Star Wars trilogy and doing his star original young voice. He'll raise up a bit and... and He'll tell a story and be like, yeah, you know, I was like, hey, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, Harrison Ford would go, no, kid. You know, he would do the impressions and he could definitely impersonate his younger yeah. self. So I would assume or hope that it's just 100% Hamill, you know, like wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> I saw that video where he makes that perfect impression of Harrison Ford. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, he does it so well. He is an impressionist. I mean, that's what he does. He's a voiceover actor. Too. Yes. Wasn't he Joker? Oh. Yes, he is. He did yes, the Joker, he's right? Joker. Exactly. He's the Joker. One of the best, in my opinion. So when you were at Lucasfilm, Yoshi, did you have, I, I know this is not a part of what you do, but as far as the deep fake technology, did you know if they were interested in using this technology for a short period of time, or did they have uh, use of this technology for the future? I would assume, like most tools, it's something to look, that they would look into in order to use in the future. You know, why not? Uh, as I mentioned before, it's another tool to add into the tool belt, um, just like 
the XR stage, you know, the, the the Unreal Engine real time stage they use for the Mandalorian that was like being experimented with and used. So, yeah, I, I would assume all the technologies that developed are going to be integrated somehow for future use, just like it has been since the original trilogy. You know, with with at the time was it blue screen and then transitioning to green screen. So that's I I, I would that's 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 my guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And I, you know, I'm, what I like about uh, the stories that they're telling now, it's happening in between Return of the Jedi and the Rise of, uh, sorry, Return of the Jedi and the Force Awakens. So there's about a 30, 32 year gap. It's pretty long. Right. Um, and I'm interested in seeing what has taken place between that time period. And I see at some point, you know, this is, a, of course, this is, me speculating right um that i would like to see uh, a series or a film that would um, feature han luke and leia again and what they're doing after the fall of the empire from return to jedi that'd be nice so, yeah and i like the comic yeah something like the comics right they have a comic <laughs> book where they talk about the the shattered empire where it takes place the, you know immediately after um, the second Death Star is is exploded. Um, I, I believe at some point they're going to have to recast. Um, you know, deep fake is if good. the way they're using it now is fine because you know Luke Skywalker really right now is just he's not a major character. Yeah, he's sort of on the back burner. Deep fake is good, but it's not intended to replace somebody because if all you use is deep fake. People are going to notice, and it's mm-hmm. also going to be really tiresome because you're going to animate that deep fake a lot. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And, you know, I think at some point that they will have to recast Luke, Han, and Leia. How do you feel about recasting? Do you think at some point they will have to in order to tell these stories taking place between episodes six and seven? I'm, I'm, I'm torn with that because... It's one of those things where if we have to recast, I feel like there's so many other stories that we could tell. And it's it's completely possible to tell a, a unique new story that still ties everything together and still has, you know, the characters we know and love, just not as prominent. You know, kind of like how Luke showed up in, in the, you know, Luke showed up the way he did. I, I feel like it's totally possible to have new films or properties that bridge that gap and have you know Han, Luke, and Leia, you know, and and Lando even show up this you know sparingly throughout, and still have it be um, well received. You know, still still have it like scratch that itch, but still tell a new story without treading old ground. And 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 that's that's a tough one. You know, everybody thinks it's so easy to make a movie, but there's 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 a lot of moving parts, and every every movie's a miracle. So. It's it's going to be a tough one to do it. I think it's possible. Uh, I don't know if I'd like to see another movie with Han, Luke, and Leia as the three primary, you know, characters because we've we've had that. We've had three of them. Uh, I think I would like to see just enough to see what happened to them, without one hundred percent having to follow them. If that makes any sense? No, it does. It does actually. And I was thinking of something else. If they don't want to recast and if new actors play them, they could also just like animate it. That's true. Like yeah. what they did with Rebels. They had Leia in Rebels. So they could do Absolutely. It. That's a good point. Right. And they're just using a voice. So it's not necessary that they're hiring 
um, another actor, right, player. right, you know, physically, you know, but they can just use the voice and create a story that way in yeah. animation. That's a very good point. I like yeah, there's a lot, a lot of, lot of ways to tell a story, mm -hmm. but I know deep down, all the hardcore Star Wars fans, they want the live action in the theaters with the text crawl. You know, you can't. <laughs> that's a tradition. You have to. Um. So is Lucasfilm's use of deep fake going to be something long term, or will it? No, no, we asked that question already. Hold on. Oh, why'd you put them down? Okay. Okay. So, what were some of your favorite VFX projects, or some of the most challenging? Uh, my favorite is probably the Death Star, just because it's it's hard to top that. I mean, it's the Death Star, you know, Death Star Two, but still. Uh, you can't top that. The most challenging was actually the Mandalorian season one, just because of the time frame that I had to do some of the shots. Um, I had to resort to old school techniques, you know, matte painting, just because there just wasn't enough time to, you know, see and make in 3D model out all the different assets that we needed. Um, if you want to check it out, it's the shot. I think it's chapter four. <laughs> It's when um, Cara Dune pops out of the water to shoot the, the ATST. And there's another scene that I worked on where Mando takes off his helmet and little Grogu's outside playing, you know, and that's a lot of that back there is matte painted just due to time. So, I mean, that, that was the most challenging, but rewarding at the same time, because if it's, if it's worth getting, it ain't easy to get. Um, so what are some other VFX projects that you'll be working on? Like future projects um i recently finished up my work anyway on obi-wan uh, i can't say much more about that unfortunately but I, I hope you enjoy it uh three of three of the shots i were assigned were in the trailer so i was very happy about that yeah, yeah i don't have to wait i can see it now so, <laughs> <laughs> so i was very very happy about that um i'm currently working on a show that unfortunately you can't watch yet until you're a little older but it's, it's called invincible on uh, Amazon Prime, uh, Invincible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I joined that team. Yes. Did you work on the first season as well? No, I didn't. Okay. Okay. All right. I, I saw the first season and it was hooked. Yeah. I went out and read the books, and I was like, okay, who do I have to talk to? How how do I get on this show? And of course, you know, my friends are like, you're gonna leave Lucasfilm, and I told them, well, you already gave me like. The Death Star. I mean, like, I mean, what else are you gonna? I'm kidding. That's a terrible reason. But, <laughs> but, but wow. uh, yeah, but it was, it was, you know, it was to go off of what you asked earlier. It was a new challenge. I had never done 2D animation. It was a completely different, you know, field. I guess you could say within. It's a completely different subfield within entertainment and animation. So I thought I'd give it a try, and that's what I'm doing <laughs> now. So we'll see where that goes. Oh, by the way, if, if you ever feel that you need to give us any updates or details of Kenobi, <laughs> do feel free to contact us on the podcast account because I can keep a secret. Yes, absolutely. Can. I will contact you every time a new episode goes online and tell you that it's online. <laughs> That's a cool idea. Yeah. Did you also work on Boba Fett? I didn't get a chance to ask. I, I did not. You did, I did not. Okay. Sure. Wow. And that's uh, just one more question about uh, Kenobi. Um, how were you chosen to work on Kenobi? How were you approached to work on the Obi-Wan Kenobi series? So I was wrapping up um, Hawkeye 
um God. so i was working on that show hope hope you uh, i don't know if you've seen it but i hope you like it i, I, worked I love on that show episode. i love that show yeah yeah i worked on the first and last episode i, I helped work on the intro scene with the the recreation of the battle in new york and then i worked on the last scene involving some trucks and i don't want to say more than that in case somebody hasn't seen it involving right. some green trucks and we'll just leave it at that yes but um yeah so i was working on hawkeye and when that wrapped up I let my intentions be known that I was intending to join Skybound to work on Invincible because I was very interested in it. And, you know, maybe this is a biased reason, but, you know, with Steven Yuan as a, as a lead, yes. you know, as, a, as an Asian lead, and he's playing basically an Asian superhero. I was like, well, I didn't get to work on Shang-Chi, so I guess I'll go work on Invincible. I just, something in me feels like I have to, I just have to. Yes. So uh, once I let them know that, they asked me, you know, when, when are you starting? blah, blah, blah. I said, well, this amount of time ago, would you be willing to stay with us until then? And, you know, I wasn't really because I, I wanted a break. I'm like, you know, I, I want some time to spend with my family before I start a new job. And they told me, well, what if we give you, you know, what if we have you help out with Obi-Wan? And so I was like, oh, okay, well, wow. can't say no to that. Absolutely. You know? Can't say no to Obi-Wan. <laughs> no. And, uh, without giving too much away, when they told me what I'd be working on, I was like, oh, I'm in, 100% sold. Like, I'm in. I will pay you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that, that's kind of how that happened. And it, it helps that obviously I'm, in, you know, I'm a known commodity. I have a teammates there that I've worked with and you know, we've worked together. So we know how each other work. And that's obviously a benefit. Yeah. So the, the lead for that team, for the OB1 team, I had actually worked with him 10 years prior on a, a, a movie called... Um, was the beautiful creatures uh so and yeah beautiful creatures so he knew me so when he saw that i was also at the same studio and he was leading that project and i was on hawkeye he was like hey come over here to obi-wan i was like okay and now there's there's more options now um in terms of like there's new star wars stuff coming I'm like why, why does this keep happening not that i'm complaining but it is a double-edged sword, you know, because you do see spoilers too. And that's one of the other problems with being a Star Wars fan and working on it is you see the spoilers. And I don't know why I forgot that, but going over to, to Skybound and joining the Invincible team, it was the exact same thing. Like, here's the script. Like, oh, oh, I kind of wanted to see it. <laughs> I kind of want to watch it. Yeah. So. That's, that's awesome, you know, because it's not, you're a fan as well as, you know, the, the employee, you know, so it's, Absolutely. it's hard, right? So, so you, have to, you have to do your job, but then that means that you have to have the information you need to do the job. And that means spoilers. Like, yeah, it also makes, job. yeah. Yes. But, you know, maybe it does pay to watch my own animation about 20 more times. <laughs> it does. I mean, it, it's, it's. If you have a passion for it, go for it. It's sure. going to take you places. Sure. Well, that was going to be our last question. We're going to ask you, you know, what advice would you give someone who's interested in getting into special effects? Yeah, like me. Follow your passion. Your passion will guide you where you need to go. If you're passionate to I want to do a spaceship on fire going through hyperspace. It's going to guide you on how to figure out how to get there one step at a time. Like, okay, first, how do I make a ship? All right, how do I make fire? All right, I don't know how to make fire. Let's go on YouTube and look at the tutorial. It's going to guide you down the rabbit hole. Yeah. And the more passion you have, the more fuel you have to take you to the end of that journey. And that's the easiest way I can put it because I've seen so many people that 
they say they're passionate about something. I've had my own friends that I tried to refer, you know, into different studios and it's sad to say they just don't make it. It, get, it gets to a point where they're like, you know what? It's, it's more trouble than it's worth. I just, I guess I didn't like it as much as I thought. So if you have passion for it, just go for it. Um, an example I like to give is, I don't know if you've seen that show Toys That Made Us, but there's an episode about My Little Pony. And um, there was a girl that she was a big fan of My Little Pony. She knew, she grew up playing with the toys and on the toys, they each have a little tattoo or, or design or graphic on their thigh or on the backside. Each of them has a little symbol. And I guess the original toy, they didn't really mean anything. But for the little girl playing with it, she made up stories in her own head, personalities. And I think she grew up and eventually got a job as creative director on the My Little Pony show. And all her ideas she had as a kid, she put into the show. So they all have their own personalities now. The symbols all mean something. So she injected her own passion into it. Her passion took her there and beyond. And you seem like you're really into it already. So just keep going. Don't, don't ever let anyone tell you otherwise. I, I can't tell you how many people made fun of me growing up. For I mean, it's cool now to be a nerd, I think. But I'm sure uh, you know what I mean. When I say growing up, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a popular thing. Right. So, and yeah. people would make fun of me. And I, I just said, you know what? I don't care. I like what I like. And I'm going to continue moving forward. My friend David, who I sat next to at Lucasfilm, worked <laughs> at 16 at a, at a comic book store called Mile High Comics, selling comic books because he was a fan of Star Wars. And he wanted to work there so he could buy the newest issues of Star Wars comics and cards. And that's how we became friends in high school. We made our own short little Star Wars fan film, you know, learning how to make lightsabers glow. And then lo and behold, 20 years later, we're sitting next to each other building the Death, the, the Death Star together. And, you, you know, you can't put a better uh, storybook ending than that. Now, all I need is for Mark Hamill to show up and shake my hand and we'll be good. <laughs> I would I would say. Uh, <laughs> I probably would, too. That's an incredible story. Well, Yoshi, thank you so much for. Oh, absolutely. Podcast. It's been so awesome. Yeah, this is wonderful. You, you know, we've been wanting to have you on, on the podcast for months now. And I'm so glad that we finally got to this point. So thank you again. Oh, absolutely. I, I love what you guys do. This is great. I'm looking forward to my daughter growing up and, uh, you know, being old enough to to understand and experience these things. I, I first thing I'm going to do as soon as she's, what, I don't know, three, maybe four, I'm going to take her to Disneyland so she can go on star tours. Yes. Because um, from what I understand, one of my friends called me from the San Francisco office when I was in Singapore uh, and told me, hey, they use your, your Death Star ruins that you, you made for the movie in star tours you fly right through it. I'm like, what? You know, yeah, they just went in your file and pulled it out and put it in. I'm like, now I have to go see it. You know, but I don't want to see it without my daughter. I want to experience with that, that with her together. So we'll see. That's beautiful. Thank you. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Yoshi, or my website is artificialempire.com. If you choose to use Instagram, you can find me at Art. Keith, where can people find us? Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, Amazon Music, Audible, Pandora, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcast. There you go. Thank you. Sorry, I break both. No, that's yeah, got way more than me. I'm dropping the ball here. <laughs> he he likes to run down the list. You know, he has it. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is their uh, this is their thing, right? The new generation, the age of technology. This is absolutely. 
Absolutely. And we're also phones. Yes, exactly. And we're also on YouTube and we have a website. Travis.galaxy.com. Yes, right. So don't forget the socials, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Travis Galaxy. Yes, please leave comments um, uh, on our YouTube channel. You can also leave comments as well. So yes. please do. And also leave a review on Apple Podcasts or our other streaming services. If you like what you see, please tell your friends, hit the like button, subscribe. With notifications. Yes. Because... And also make sure that you are subscribed because sometimes YouTube will glitch and unsubscribe you. Okay. All right. Wonderful. <laughs> I think that's more than enough information that they need. So Yoshi, thank you again. Absolutely. All it's right. Thank you. And then until next time, take care, take care. And, and we will see, see you, you again. again.